hesitation Got me going crazy Keep it moving, I'm tuned in to True North Racing The podcast that you need if you got the need for speed John Morrison interviewing guests in the industry Short track, stock car racing Gotta get it hyped, Saturday night under the lights Hear the engine rooming by Smell the gas and feel the vibe Going into overdrive Drop the flag, then the car zooming by True North Racing, let's go Welcome back, everyone, to the True North Racing Podcast. This is going to be episode number 69. And this week, we got Rob Twitchett, driver of the number 69 mini stock at Oshwegan Speedway, and one of the drivers of the number 44 Canadian Vintage Modified at Flamborough Speedway this weekend. Or this, yeah, I mean, I guess it's this weekend with the podcast. He didn't race this past yeah. Friday night, but he has raced in the past already. So I think he's been in the car more time than Connor has this year. Hmm. I think. Don't quote me. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not entirely sure either. But anyway, how was your weekend, John? Well, first of all, Megan, I've got to say you did a great job opening. Thank Hi, everyone. You. My name is John Morrison. You guys listen to True North Race Podcast. And also joining us is Megan Mitchell. I got that part. I know, right? <laughs> But my weekend was great, Megan. How was yours? It was really good. What'd you get up to? Um, yesterday I did some last minute running around to get stuff ready because yesterday was our first time back at the track in like 10 months with a car. My dad's first time behind the wheel in 16 years. So it was a lot to prepare for, but yeah, we just went out to Flamborough yesterday and had some fun, talked to some people again, hung out, and today was my brother's girlfriend's 19th birthday, so we had cake this afternoon, did some running around to get some stuff for the race car, because dad says it doesn't have enough power, so we got to work on something already. <laughs> well, yeah. you know what they always say, right? The, the best thing to add more horsepower to a race car is add more stickers. That's what I say too. <laughs> I'm like, let's go. We'll we'll find some sponsors that'll help sticker out the car. I'm I'm good with putting random stickers on there. It's like uh, what, 15 horsepower a sticker? <laughs> no, it's only five, max five. Depends on the size, oh. really. Okay. If you get like the small ones like my sticker, lift the visor, that's about like five to ten-ish. But like the big Georgetown printing one you guys had last year, that adds about 20, 25. <laughs> that, that one added quite a bit <laughs> hey to be fair you didn't need right. that to go to victory lane last year though i did not which oh. by the way when you think about it in one week it will be a year i'm gonna celebrate that hard <laughs> the worst part is is we're not even doing a podcast next week okay. so we can't even reminisce on it and i right? feel like we're gonna have to we're gonna have to do it the following week we're going to have to just do it out. I do We're it Do it now. So last year, guys, before Megan was a co-host here on the True North Reason podcast, uh, just after she became one of the co-hosts for the driver's seat podcast last year, uh, she got to go. She had her first chance to go to victory lane last year in July, on July 31st last year, which was, also, uh, first of all, a great night. A racing, you know, you we we we've talked about it in the past. You've had a, you had a rough first feature, and you mm-hmm. were about to throw in the helmet, 
and you had a bunch of people come up and talk to you say don't quit don't give up and what the hell did you do that second feature killed it <laughs> you killed it you ran out there you outbested kyle lucas scoring your first victory but i still think one of the coolest things about that day to this day either one of the coolest things about that day that i think about till this to this day mm-hmm. is the fact that we had two rookies get to victory lane in the same night and females at that i was oh that's my God. kick-ass it's like I've, I've thought about it so much and i'm like i still laugh because that day like i was just i was so hyped it's like reese is not somebody that likes to hug and stuff like that and I didn't I knew that and I didn't think anything of it and I just ran up and I grabbed her and I'm like oh my god I'm so surprised she hugged me back <laughs> I'm like I'm sorry <laughs> yeah, I'm excited it was such oh, a good night oh that was something special absolutely it's it's to this day it's still such one of the, the coolest victories out there mm-hmm. um unfortunately that night I think we had weather coming in so uh Flambro decided not to do victory lane speeches, which sucked. Mm-hmm. Well, you would have saw me cry. And <laughs> <laughs> hey, but you know what? That's the best thing. Emotions. Mm-hmm. We gotta love emotions, right? It that that's what makes this sport so great is is seeing the emotions and seeing the personalities of all these drivers, mm-hmm. right? And oh. I. <laughs> I don't know where else to go right now with that, but still like that. I, that's, that's my favorite too. It's just seeing the emotions of the drivers. Like it just reminds you that, you know, we're, we're people under these helmets and we still have emotions and we still feel things. We're not just stone cold. You're not animals. Whatever. Yeah. We're exactly like, it's exactly that. And I mean, I, <laughs> could see it in my team yesterday it was just an emotional day it's like i i thought for sure i'd see my dad cry but i didn't it was me (laughs) oh boy but that's good okay so before we get in we're gonna we're gonna start talking about your dad here in a second first of all we i gotta give a big shout out to scott tonelli Megan is already repping the sweater. <laughs> Stand up real quick and turn around and let's see the, the backside for the for all the people at home. Okay. There we go. See that? Okay, so Megan over there has a yes. Scott Tonelli sweater and new to the Jomo Media hat corral. I'm gonna call I guess <laughs> we're gonna call it the hat corral. Because like because oh. like I said, I do this podcast in my kids' room. <laughs> <laughs> and I use their bed as a prop set. <laughs> I have right here. There's some racing pillows <laughs> that this stuff sits on. But we did add the 14 of Scott Tonelli's hats. I'm gonna put that over there to the hat corral. It's now sitting in front of uh, Mr. Bubba Wallace's hat. But we're going to rotate the hats inside and out. So hopefully, uh, well, not inside and out. That's just weird. That's a rally <laughs> cap in baseball. But <laughs> anyways, um, Scott had a rough night last night. Ended up blowing a motor in that second feature. But uh, I I picked up a hat. Jacqueline got a T-shirt. Megan's got her sweater. We're all repping Scott Tonelli right now um, in one way, shape, or form. Uh, if you guys are looking for merch from Scott Tonelli, hit him up. He's got some uh, 
he's got some awesome goodies. Uh, I feel like I'm going to mess it up. Uh, her, her last name, so I'm not going to say it, but Shelby from Shelby Designs. If it's gr- the same way as my sister's it's or my um, brother-in-law's, it's DeRoche. You know what? If, yeah. if, if someone can let right. me know <laughs> how, how the pronunciation goes, if Megan said it correctly, I do not want to try to butcher it and accidentally butcher it because I would just be bad. Um, but Shelby, uh, Shelby's Designs did them up. I think they look great. They look fantastic. They look professional. I can't wait to, uh, I'm not going to wear that hat anytime soon because, uh, <laughs> for whatever reason, hats really get dirty within about a year on my head. So I'm, I'm, I'm leery of wearing it. Cause I want to keep it nice and pristine, especially if it's going to be a set piece for us. <laughs> right. And we're always, we're always repping right there. The 38 driver of, uh, Brandon Feeney with his liquid Molly. Um, but yeah, but okay, so we added some new things to our set, so that's pretty fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and as we, I want to get more drivers merch. So if, if anyone who's got drivers merch, I'm not asking you guys to send it because I'll I'll proudly buy it. Yeah, just let but us know. Just let us know. Because I will buy. I've said <laughs> many times, and when you tell me that you have stickers, I will buy some, put it on the back of my truck. <laughs> I will buy your t-shirts. <laughs> like. You- I don't- I was just thinking about this coming home and I kind of want to put a big Jomo sticker on the backside of my windshield. Cool. Just, just Jomo right across the back. And I'm like, mm, no, <laughs> no, but I did add four new stickers today. Yeah. It looks sick. Oh, they look so good on there. Jacqueline. I added a couple more to Jacqueline's car too. They look great. We're both proud to have lift the visor back on our cars again. Um, my sticker fell off sometime last year. I, and I kept mentioning, <laughs> I kept meaning to ask you for a new one to get, to pick one up from you. Uh, unfortunately kept forgetting, but I was able to grab one from this year. And even though I decided, I think I picked the wrong day to, to do it. I still did it anyways. Cause it, the, once the what, rain stopped, the, the, it dried right up. So I was like, okay, mm-hmm. perfect. I should probably do this now while I got some time and, Man, they do they look good on my cars and are on my car and on Jacqueline's car. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I love stickers. I'm picking one, I'm picking up another one on Wednesday from Alex Stewart. Nice. He uh so I posted it up on my story on Facebook and he goes, uh, it's like you need a 16 one. I'm like, well, give one, give you know, give me one. It's like they're in my truck. I'm like, well, I'm in Arthur right now. He goes, Well, the truck's at the race shop and I'm in Guelph. I'm like, well, I guess yeah. I'll see you Wednesday then. oh man that alex stewart guy what a character he is but anyways (laughs) let's get into the big news we just briefly talked about a little bit ago on the show your father getting his first reps in a race car since for in 16 years i'm not even going to go back and figure out what that date is but (laughs) because that's half my age yeah that's just a little over half my age now. And I'm like, mm, what was I doing f- at 14? I was just beginning high school. So mm-hmm. um, you went through a lot of emotions yesterday, just before even getting to the track. We yeah. talked about that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what, what kind of emotions were you feeling? The fact that, you know, your dad after, Am I am I allowed to say what you what about what you posted earlier? 
Or yeah. Okay. After everything your father had been through between a, a cancer, a car wreck, um, an induced coma earlier this year, you know, that you said it, that guy's your hero. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he, he, we can't take life for granted, like you said. And to see your father out there racing and, you know, running side by side with Alex Stewart, laughed after, lap after lap yeah. there. I was thinking, man, if they even touch, like, how can you tell if they actually touch? Because they're both orange. I know. <laughs> and it's the, the exact same, like, brand. It's the yeah. orange. <laughs> like, <laughs> but it was, oh, man, it was so good. Like, I, I mean, I, I've been through a lot of emotional stuff at the track. So I think a lot of my emotions came from, like, previous incidents that, that I've, I've moved on from, but it was just like, it was almost unburying stuff, but it, I mean, I came over it real quick. It was fine. Like I, I, it was good. I mean, I I was crying and throwing up in the morning. It's just, that's the way my nerves go. And I did it last year too, whenever it was chasing the car, because my anxiety, like I need to have control or I lose it, (laughs) not totally lose it, but I just emotionally, I can't handle it. So that was a lot for me. And I was trying not to show that to my dad because I knew he was nervous and I didn't want to make him any worse than he was. So it's like, I'm sitting there videoing his first feature and I'm crying. (laughs) Oh my God. But yeah, it was, it was wicked. I mean, he did, he only made it out for a couple laps for the first practice, second practice, he went out and he held on to the second fastest lap time overall. So that was that that and on its own was a win in my mind um after being away for 16 years like and for being how as nervous as he was so then yeah both features he started tail but finished seventh in both features first one and uh, i think both features he ran like side by side with alex and it was really good to see like it was really close but really clean racing and I mean it was nice Alex came over after the first feature because he thought at one point him and my dad kind of bumped each other so he came over to make sure that it didn't happen and he's like I didn't want to be the first one to leave a mark on the car We're like no no it's a, it's good like it's racing we're having fun so it was it was good it was really good clean racing and it was just, oh man, it felt really good to be back. Even if I'm not behind the wheel, I just, it was nice to be back. Absolutely. And, you know, watching your dad go out there, mm-hmm. I made a point to get up to the fence yesterday. Um, You know, I've known you guys for about, weirdly enough, for about the past year. Yeah. And, <laughs> you know, I heard, I've heard stories about your dad and, I always wonder like, man, like what would it be like to get a chance to watch him on track? And, you know, your dad, every time I've talked to him, he's always got a story. Mm-hmm. And I love listening to them because to me, it helps me learn more about the sport and about times where I was never personally able to go watch. Yeah. He's got those stories that he can tell. And I'm just like, it's so enthralled because I love them so much. Mm-hmm. And the best part about this is that in just a few days or a few weeks here, your dad is coming on for episode 73. Mm-hmm. So Rick, I really hope you're listening to this and that you're preparing yourself 
<laughs> for episode 73 because I expect some really good stories. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I think he was nervous because he didn't think he had anything to talk about because I think he thought that it has to be like recent. And I'm like, God, no. Talk about where it started. Talk it, about everything up until yesterday until when he comes on like it's he's gonna have a lot to talk about and i know i i've always loved listening to his stories about racing like it's he knows so many drivers and so many different stories he's been to so many tracks and he's experienced it all so like it's i mean it's i i don't want to be biased because he's my dad but like he's definitely my hero always has been and it was different to be able to, I mean, last time I watched him in a pack of cars was, I was like 10, 11 years old, sitting on the yeah. grandstand side at Flamborough. Now I'm 25 years old, sitting in the pits, giving him the same pep talks that he gave me and, you know, making sure everything's set, that he's got his helmet on. I'm sitting there making sure his belts are tight. I'm like, are you going to tighten that anymore, dad? Dad, that can tighten a little more please <laughs> the tables have turned <laughs> <laughs> but you know what though that's that's the best part about it in my opinion uh mm-hmm. but yeah your dad's gonna come on here in a few weeks i like i said i'm i i, I don't know who's more excited <laughs> because also for me i'm i'm still gonna be here mm-hmm. but But <laughs> you get to do all the uh, um, you get to do all the talking. You are going to be the one interviewing him. And I'm just essentially just going to like, hey, guys, just bump in from time to time. That <laughs> yeah, works for me. I absolutely. All right, guys, before we uh, bring in our guest of the week here for the probably the funniest episode we'll ever do this we we've already talked about it between rob and myself we feel like this episode might be already (laughs) x-rated or r R rated i think x-rated sounds wrong that that goes on a different page uh (laughs) (laughs) oh boy um so we do have a jomo media tumblr if anyone would like it, we do have one for sale. It's $25. Um, hit me up in the comments section. Message me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and uh, I'll make sure you guys get one. They look awesome. Uh, for anyone watching on YouTube right now, I'm going to bring mine into focus. Man, do I love this thing. My friend from Taylor to you did an awesome job on them. I know Megan's got hers. Her parents love theirs. Like, You guys have really enjoyed those cups, eh? My, my mom's loving it That's, she called me this morning and one of the first things she said is oh my god guess what my jomo media cup it still has ice in it this morning <laughs> oh my god i love that like she, she's loving it that's it awesome really though. good mm. oh they're so fantastic they're so great like how can you go wrong with them right? um i told uh, actually alex has got a nice surprise coming for him actually for his Alex has Alex ordered one from my friend Taylor and she told me something else she's adding to it so I can't wait to see how Alex sees it I'm kind of scared for him I, I'll, t- <laughs> I'll tell you in a couple minutes here 
But uh, for anyone who's looking for any Joe Media merch and apparel, uh, we do have some going through Epic Racewear. So hit us up on our links in our bios on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You guys can go pick yourself up a hat, just like what I'm wearing right now. All right, we all, there's also shirts, t-shirt, t-shirts, and shirts are the same thing. I don't know what the heck I was going there. Uh, <laughs> we have t-shirts, sweaters, tank tops, and uh, I think that's pretty much it. I think there's a hat there. I don't know, I haven't been back on there in a, in a while, so I don't know what's all there. Mm-hmm. One thing I think I'm thinking about doing because I, I don't you know how everyone's got that one weird thing that they like to collect mm-hmm. for some reason mine is flags i was gonna mention that <laughs> like i deadass would love to get uh ever grace where to do a checker flag joe media one he should and then uh whenever uh driver goes to victory lane that i'm near then they can take that out to victory lane and wave it around <laughs> i don't know you know what else I really want? What's that? And I know this has been mentioned for Lift the Visor too. I would like one for both. Is like um one of the patches that you can put on, like put on my fire suit. For which? You, like, for which? Like I, I guess you couldn't do like iron on because it has to be like heat. But like you know those patches you can get that are like yeah, yeah. put them on normal clothes and you iron them on. That's yep. what I want on my fire suit, like a Jomo Media one, a oh, True North would... Racing one, and a Lift the Visor one on my fire suit. That would be sick. But I still need to get mine all fancied up. You know what? I may talk to my friend, see if she has any any friends who could sew something like that. Mm-hmm. That'd be cool. But yeah, oh, a hundred percent. It would be co- so cool. Like, because I still, I, to this day, one of the coolest things that, that's ever happened is the fact that. Guys like Cameron Thompson, Chris Lawrence, uh, Alex Stewart. Who else? Who else has been to Victory Lane this year? Ricky Williger has been to Victory Lane. Mm-hmm. Chris Lawrence has been Joe Lawrence. But the fact that they all shadow Joe Media, mm-hmm. like I, to even even to this day, I, I, man, I'm so glad no one stands around me when there's racing going on because <laughs> yesterday i because so yesterday the cvms were, were brought to you by uh was their nightly sponsor was wow one day painting so instead of standing in my usual spot over in, in one in three and four i was sitting down mm-hmm. by closer to three because the pa system for some reason was working fantastic last night it was really good and i don't know what they did to it but it was fantastic i love listening to it mm-hmm. and I got really happy when I heard, wow, one day, one day paint. I'm like, yes, they said it. Like to me, like we've done a whole bunch of work to get, make sure that the night is about them for when the club's on track. I'm thinking like, yes, we're getting like, we're, we're doing what we need to do. Mm -hmm. All the hard work's paying off. Like I'm just getting so excited and yeah, they're just, oh, fantastic. And then of course, you know, I'm standing there for the pure stocks and, you know, Driver of the number 16 from Arthur, Ontario, Alex Stewart, when the call to call, da, 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 Jomo Media, I'm like, oh my God, that's so cool. <laughs> and then hearing the same thing with you guys and, you know, the lift, the visor, uh, Joe Media, I'm like, oh my God, do I love hearing that. It, but I'm like, I say, did they say Jomo Media for our car? Cause I yeah. like, I, okay, good. Cause I couldn't hear it. Like the cars were going by where I was right as they were announcing it. I heard them say it for Alex and I'm like, I hope they said it for hours. 
No, they said they said it for you both times. Sick. But yeah, man, that, that is to me that is the coolest feeling in the world. Just hearing mm-hmm. that come across a PA, and I'm like, I, stand down in turn three and four. I get this like stupid grin on my face that like <laughs> no one can wipe off. And so, some people won't won't understand it until they've been there. Like, I mean, I know I still go back and listen to the first video of my first night out when they announced my name and I'm like oh my god like that is so cool (laughs) it's like there's just something cool about hearing your name or your um like just hear it it over the over the mic like it's really cool for for just just hearing the the recognition essentially Mm -hmm. or for you I may never get to a chance for any you know for announcer to say driver the number 32 john morrison i don't think I'll, that'll ever happen never know you never know but but <laughs> that's that's yeah my thought process right so the fact that i'm hearing jomo media get into victory uh, not even victory Lane, but even just announcing it mm-hmm. is such a, a surreal feeling for me because even mm-hmm. though i may never personally get to victory lane i may never get a chance to be in a race car on a racetrack during the race just the pure fact that you know we got guys and gals out there supporting and just hearing it. It's just, Oh, I get a stupid grin on my face every time. And Jacqueline, <laughs> whenever Jacqueline's there, she posts fun. And we just like, she's like, you love that. Don't you? I'm like, shut up. <laughs> but uh, enough about that right now. I don't want to get into much more about that, but like, why don't we say, why don't we bring in the man of the hour, Mr. Rob Twitchett. Sounds good. All right, guys, the man of the hour has joined us, Mr. Rob. Tw- Sorry, not Connor Ross is joining us. <laughs> <laughs> Rob Twitchett is in the building. Rob, how are you, man? Good, good. And you? I'm doing very well. Thank you. Uh, first of all, thank you for joining us this week. And uh, we we talked, you asked to come on the show, but only for episode 69. And, you know, we pulled some strings and, and moved around a couple of guests and we were able to uh, bring you in for this one because on the dirt side, you do run the number 69 uh mini stock over there and how's your season been going on the, on the on the dirt side uh, up and down had a rough start of the season had some motor issues the first few nights um tore the car up pretty good a few weeks ago with a wreck but this week we were good car felt better we had some issues in the heat got that straightened out um yeah, any week that we come home and both cars are in one piece that's a, that's a good week absolutely is so uh we're, we'll, we'll get into the CVM stuff here in a little while um, because, you know, that, that's that's going to be fun to talk about. And I feel like you may have a, quite a little bit to say. So <laughs> we're going to we're going to dive all the way back to the beginning here when you were, uh, I guess, not much, uh, not much, not much shorter than you are now. But uh, <laughs> <Please>. <laughs> hey, Rob said we're going to make this the, the most <laughs> like R-rated podcast ever. So we're going to, we're going to kick it off early and try to poke fun at him to get the bear going here. Um, hey, Cam Thompson set a high bar for F-bomb. So I remember. <laughs> beep, 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 beep. Like I, there's no way I, ha- I had to send it there. I'm not editing all that out. That was just, <laughs> that was too much work the last time out. Um, so <laughs> Going all the way back to the beginning here, when was the first time you ended up going to a racetrack and how did you fall in love with the sport? Uh, the first time I remember going, uh, I was probably about eight years old. Uh, my older sister was dating a guy that had a race car. 
who's now my brother-in-law, you know, how many years later, back then, you know, this new boyfriend she had and he had race cars. Well, ever since I can remember, I loved anything, cars, trucks. As a kid, you know, I was crazy about it. So, so she took me to the track and every week I'd go to the track with her. And back then, she, it was different at Flambeau back then because you didn't have the families in the pits. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was the drivers were in the pits, the families. So it was over there, tons of kids over there. It was always Tim's nephews were there and his sister and that and us. And it, it, that was every Saturday. And then every Sunday we'd end up at CNE. Um, but back then it was different. I mean, I remember, I'm not that old when I talk about the old days. I'm only 39, but I vividly remember riding to Toronto every week in the back of a cargo van on a cooler full of beer. No seatbelt, no booster seats, none of the stuff you have to have now. Just slide around on a cooler. That, that was my childhood. And then a few years later, my sister and, and Tim had their first kid, and that kind of ruined all the fun. And I can say that because he's my crew chief now, so I get to poke fun <laughs> at him. But um, yeah, Tim ended up selling the car and that when they started the family. And I kind of got away from the racing. I still went once in a while with my nephews and that. Um, but I really got away from it as much as I had and got more into the custom cars and custom trucks and that um, and the truck club and that. And so everything kind of went that direction as I got a bit older. Um but then it kind of came around about back because with the car club and that we used to do uh, a lot of demolition derbies, rollover competitions, figure eight cars. Um, I mostly ran them, but yeah, another another friend of mine she ran them a couple times too. And that kind of spawned back in. At that point, it was getting expensive. You were tearing up basically all you did was tear up cars every week. Rockton Fair back then was sixty bucks to enter, first and second place paid. The other sixty-two people got nothing, and it wow. just got really expensive. And I was working with a guy at the time named Roger Shenstone, who both guys from Maryville and that and early Osh weekend days, but no Roger. Um, and if you know Roger, you know, all he did was talk about racing. And you put the two of us in a truck together all day. We talked about racing and he talked to me into, you should build a bomber. You should build a bomber. Come to Osh <laughs> And he crewed for Paul Klager at the time. So I ended up at Osh in 2009, I guess it was one night and, looked around at the bombers and at that point I kind of knew Carl Salt, uh, who he was and that's so when I kind of looked at his car and that and I'm like, I, I could build one of these. It's basically, it's like a derby car, but I don't destroy it every week. We should do this. Let's do this. Go ahead. So we built that um, in the winter. Little did I know you still destroy them every week. Bombers were rougher than the derbies. <laughs> um, and around the same time, um, a good friend of ours, uh, Gordon Nicholson, who I knew through the car clubs and the car shows and that, uh, we were at uh, a couple buddies' birthday the one one night at Boston Pizza. And my friend Gary Elliott, you should you should come help him. And I'm like, I know Gary Elliott. I remember Gary Elliott. I know that name. And that's when I met you and your brother and that and and Eddie and all those guys. And so I kind of ended up Saturdays with you know with Gary's team. Friday was still doing the bomber thing. And very shortly into the bomber thing, I'm like, this is getting rough. I want a mini stock. And the whole time now, Shen, if you knew him. Oh, bombers are stupid. You're tearing shit. Why did you build a bomber? Because you told me to. No, 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 no. You need a mini stock. <laughs> well, yeah. I'm very impressionable. So Rob Hoskins posted up, I've got this great mini stock. I didn't know Rob that well back then. I didn't see him race and know that he destroyed everything every week. So I bought a car from him, a Mustang. His sales pitch was, I went to his house, I looked at it, and he lives on a farm. Just go out in the field. Second gear, hit this RPM. That's what you're doing on the straightaway. And I came back, I'm like, I didn't hit the RPM. Like, well, go again. Like, 
seat's not bolted down. I don't have seat belts, and I'm in a cornfield. No, no, go, go. <laughs> okay. Kept doing that. By the end, I'm like, oh, yeah, I might as well just buy this damn car. The funny thing was, he had bought the car from Abel Castelline. Didn't really know much about it. Raced it for a few years. Then he had the Volkswagen that everybody knows, the first rabbit. So this Mustang was kind of just sitting in the barn. Full circle, we start working on the car. The car's bright green and purple underneath. It had purple flames on a bright green car. It turns out Rob Hoskins wasn't the first 37 that owned this car. This was David Elliott's mini stock. It was painted up the same as his vintage. So, hey, this is really cool. This, this is a good car. No, the car was a rotten piece of crap. It was a good car, you know, 10 years before when David owned it. But at that point, we were committed. Uh, so we did the mini stock thing, went through a few Mustangs. Oh, we lost you there. Uh, the Fireball 5 team, which I started crewing for them at that point and uh, working with them on their cars. They were helping me with my cars and that. And then so that was kind of, I guess, the start. Um, it kind of got me going. I don't know how far do you want to go. Sorry, you cut, you cut out there at the last second there. What would you, you end up saying there? Oh, I said, um, I don't know how much farther you want to go. That was kind of the introduction, I guess, to start, right? I kind of got past the start. Hey, you know what, though? That's the best thing I think I've heard the entire time right now. Mm-hmm. Um, it, that was, you know, I, sometimes we get guys who come in here and they're just like, oh, yeah, da, 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 da. And, you know, it, but that, that, that worked a lot better than I thought it was going to, actually. So. Oh, you don't have to let me talk. What? Did you don't have to let me talk. You know what? We talk a lot of the track. <laughs> yeah. We 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 do talk a lot of the track, and you know it's it's always fun sitting stand there talking with them. But the fact that that introductory went so well, uh, like I'm like, I I can't even tell you where to go from here. But I want to touch it a little bit on, you know, the times when you were hanging out with uh uh or when you were crewing with Gary there, because it was always a uh, <laughs> crew crew for Gary and you, you, you on the Gary side, me on the David side. It, it was always funny. Cause we, like, we all work out of the same shop. We'd all work together, but like, we'd still be so different come and <laughs> how our teams operated. In, in my opinion, like you guys were kind of like the prim and proper kind of group. And then you had, the David side, which was just like a ragtag rag, rag team. That's what it felt I like to me. I was on the wrong side of the fence. <laughs> yeah, I was on the wrong side. I should have got traded there. <laughs> All right. So if you could get traded, who would you, who would you, who would you want to be traded for? You guys think of anybody that work with Gary either though. I mean, huh? I don't think you guys had anybody that would work with Gary either though. Oh, who do we have? We had Mike and Dave. Mike and Dave Lewis. Uh, Marty. We didn't have anybody prim and proper enough. No, no, we did not. That... Eddie. Eddie was probably the most professional one you guys had. You couldn't <laughs> give him up. No, that was David who couldn't give him up. David and Gary worked so well together. And that was just, you know, it. No matter what, that's exactly how it was going to be for them. You know, they, 
they worked so well together. They, they knew exactly what the other needed. They were always on each other's back. You know, they were, they, they loved, they were brothers, like no ifs, ands, or buts. You know, those guys, I, I don't know what else to tell you, man. Those, they, they loved and hated each other, but they, they were the most like brothers in my opinion. Yeah, they just clicked. They had it. And, you know, David, David, David was around for a while. Garrett or uh, Ed was around for a long time and, you know, they got hooked up and it, it was like magic. And, you know, back in the CVM days for them coming into the pro lates, they just ran into the late models at the time. They just, was it the, Oh, he th- second year, se- third, third full-time season. I think it was, he jumped, he uh, won the championship in late models. Like that's, it's crazy how those guys worked well together. Um, that's the first time we ever met was, you know, you working with Gary and, uh, and those were always fun times. The, the comments that just would be hurling back between all of us was just, that's where we just knew you as Twitch. I didn't even know what the heck your first name was. I didn't know nothing. I, all I knew is, yeah, this is Twitch. I'm, all right. What's up Twitch. <laughs> and, you know, running back into you, you know, last year when you started helping Connor, it was uh, it was kind of cool. Oh, Rob, you can't hear us. Uh oh, we may have to pause here for a second. All right, after a couple of minutes here of uh, technical difficulties, uh, Rob unfortunately lost that audio on his end. So, um, yeah, so last last year we we ran back into each other and because you were starting to help the uh, 44 of Connor Ross, you know what? Now my question is, how did you end up getting into that deal? I got suckered in. <laughs> so I, I, I knew Adam and I knew him again through work. He just started working for Cal tire at that point, And I, yeah. I kind of helped set that job. And I knew him through some other projects he's done in racing. And the Friday night before the practice night, the practice Saturday morning thing, I get a message from him. Do you have one of those cordless impact guns I can borrow? Yeah, yeah, I'll have to charge it, but yeah. Do you have a floor jack? Actually, I just bought a new one, yeah. Can I borrow your trailer tomorrow? Are you going to drive the car, too? Like, no, no, we have a driver. I'm joking, but okay. But if you're, if you're free tomorrow, can you come help? You guys really waited until the last minute on this one, didn't you? <laughs> I didn't know the Rosses that well. That's how they do everything now. I know them now. I ended up helping him practice day, and then the next, the first night we raced was the G-Force, so Adam was up in the tower, that was the night he, the first night he stuffed it in turn three wall, and he comes up, it's just me, I'm like, what do I do, I don't have anybody, I don't know what I'm doing, I need adults, so we got it, we got it loaded up and everything, and uh, at that point I looked at Adam, and you know, it's on my trailer, it's in pieces, and I'm like, where are we going with it, well, I don't know, usually we leave it at John's, but I don't, we can't get it off the trailer. Oh, so I ended up calling Jonathan Ayrton, who also works with Adam, who lives down the road. I'm like, can I borrow your driveway tonight? We can sort this out in the morning. Sure. So I guess sometime between the next morning, they sorted out and the car was living there then. And it's been there ever since. But which is also where my own car is now and, you know, a few other cars. So Jonathan's always been really good to us that way. You know, definitely appreciate it. Oh, for sure. You know, that I never even knew that story. That's kind of funny, though. Uh 
But you know what, though? The... There's a picture somewhere of Jonathan's farm tractor unloading the car after that. Oh, really? I'll have to see if I sent it to you, yeah. Yeah, you're, that's, that's going to be an interesting view. Um, yeah. Yeah, because that was a... Yeah, that was a... Which one was that? I'm trying to remember what... Like, how, how did he wreck on that one? Was that with the that's... drone? That's the one where he walked up going into three and the car slid up the track. It didn't turn yeah. going in. We don't know. Oh, we still don't know if something broke or what happened. It just, he went in the corner and it just went straight on him. I think that was when he was just behind Dale Lucas. No, I think that was the next one. The next track. The next one. Okay. Yeah. We, we, had, we had a few in that corner. That we... <laughs> we should, did we ask Connor when he was on too, which one of his favorite one was? I think you asked that question too. That was my favorite question. Yeah. <laughs> Rob has been a very, very big supporter of our fan question period, throwing in some really weird ones. I think the weirdest one was, uh, was it, don't you hate answering all these fan questions on a podcast that should be asking the questions? I, I got to not going to lie. I had to restrain from actually posting some today on my own. <laughs> you could have just changed the name. Like you could just put it up on, oh, actually, I guess you really couldn't have, but just fun in that. You should have just got your buddies to post it. Um, but anyways, man, you've you, you've had a little bit of heartache on on the dirt side this year. Um, but going through, but there's been times you've also jumped into the CVM this year. And actually, I don't know why I'm I'm jumping way ahead here. <laughs> I'm jumping way too goddamn far ahead here. So you sorry, you, we're gonna go back backtrack a little bit here. So going back to the, so what year did you first start running a dirt mini stock? Uh, 2011. All right. Is that 2011 was the, the mini. What year did, so when, so are you still running the same car that you were running then or no? No, there's been a few. Okay. There's the first mini stock I sold. It went through a bunch of owners. Uh, from what I know, it's been scrapped. I replaced that with another Mustang because the motor was kind of rough in that and the car was really rotten. Um, so I came across another one that Sean Kokoski was selling. So we bought that. Um, I ran that for a few years. I sold that to Adam Nye, which the Nye family still has that car to this day. It's the 88 car now. Okay. Um, because in, I think it was 2015, uh, Ken Stenhouse had retired from racing the mini stock and went back to being an official. And they originally put his stepdaughter in the car. Well, she had an accident at home, fell off a ladder and broke her ankle. So I get a phone call because I was the crew chief for Linda and Stephanie at that point. And I get the phone call. Can you drive this weekend? Sure, I guess. Well, this weekend turned into the whole season, so I finished the season in Ken's car, which it was more fun than taking my dirt car to Flamborough because I used to do that once in a while uh, for specials and that. And I mean, I was yeah. never competitive. I wasn't set up for it. Where at least this was a fast car. It was good. Um, we had some half-decent finishes, and that it took me a little bit to get used to it. But by the end of the season, you know, we were running top seven, top five, and that, which is about where Ken ran with it. At the end of the season, Ken's like, you know what? I'm done. I'm going to sell that car. I'm buying that car then. So we went out. It was already a done deal. I'd sold my car the last night at Oshwegan. Adam had come to me, looked at it. He hummed and hawed. He's like, oh, I don't know. You know, he says, I wonder, but why don't you run it this week? I'm like, no, I'm not running the car. It's not a points night. I'm not totaling the car. I'm selling. So why don't you pay me the money and take the car and I'll help you with it? Well, I don't know. Just maybe you can help me in the spring. I'm like, I don't have time in the spring. Let's do it. Okay. So he met me at the track. I brought the car on my trailer. 
he brought the cash. We put him in the car. He went out and he drove it. And there's pictures that still come around from that night. Um, after his passing away and that, people are posting the pictures of him in that car. It was only one night he was ever in that car, but you can tell it's him driving and not me because the color of the helmet. That's the only reason I know it. First one, everybody's like, why is there a picture of you on all the memorials? I'm like, that's not me. That's him driving. That was his first night in the mini stock. But it was still literally, but again, like the Connor Ross, it actually had my name crossed out in pinstriping. <laughs> and Linda made me a ad, little Adam Nye sticker to put above it. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. And then, uh, so when did you get into this, uh, into the uh, blue car that you're in now? The the car I bought from Ken, yep. we ran a 2016 season. Uh, it was the Tony Stewart night in July. Um, Bobby Tolton flipped. I ended up into Bobby, and Adam and I ended up into me with my old car. We wrote the car off. There was about two feet missing out of the back of it. Front frame rails were bent. The floor buckled in the middle. Um so that was the end of that car. I finished the season running one of the De Silva's cars. Um, and then over the winter started building the car that I've got now, uh, which Ken, Ken Stenhouse helped me build, which is uh, basically the same, a lot of the same parts off that old 240. Yeah. I bought just a bare stripped out chassis. Uh, we put most of the, what wasn't damaged, we moved over the drivetrain and that, put it into that car. Okay. And you've been running that ever since? Yep. So, wow, that's been a while then. Um, so how's the how's it been the mini stock career going for you? Like, how's how's been that racing going for you in that division? Consistent. I mean, we haven't had any amazing. We've had a few nights where we've been really good. I had one night where I should have run the feature. It's one of those things. I was unstoppable. The car was perfect. I've never had a car that good. I've never had everything go that well. Um, I started like six. I lap two, I was up front. I got ahead on a bunch of restarts, and we kept getting yellow flags, and I kept staying up there. And then in about four laps to go, somebody spun out, and they brought out the longest caution I've ever seen. And I, I knew I had a tire going down. Yeah. You know, the car changing, I knew it. And by the time the the caution was over, the tire was flat, and I think we ended up 10th. Um, but for the most part, we're, we've never been that top car. We probably never will be. I'm, but you know what? We go out there, we have fun. I race like a car owner. I race like I'm paying to fix it. I'm racing like I have to fix it. I do. Yeah. I'm not one of these kids that goes out there and wants to be the next Kyle Bush and, you know, daddy's going to fix their car for them next week and, you know, they just arrive and drive. I mean, same with the vintage and that too. I drive it like a little old lady because I, I don't have to pay. It's daddy's money, but it's, uh, it's Rob fixing it, right? Yeah. My, that's always kind of been my driving style, a little more conservative. You know, I'm not going out there to try and kill everybody. And, you know, we've had fun with it. You know, a lot of really good racing over the years and a lot of fun and, you know, raced a lot of great people in that. And, you know, it's definitely something I still tell anybody, if you want to go race, go to Oshwigan, run a mini. You know what I mean? Everybody complains about the drama at other tracks and other classes. And they're talking to somebody about that this morning, actually, a guy I work with going on about uh, a class at another track that has too much drama. I'm not going to, you know, name any names. But, um, and you know what? Sell your car. Build the car you got sitting in your driveway and let's go. Yeah. And I would tell anybody that. I mean, if you whether it's your, you know, you're putting your kid in there and they're just starting out, or whether, you know, you've been doing it for years. Look at guys like Eric York who have done everything. Now he's learning how to do it all over again, right? 
you know, and a lot of young guys just starting out. You know, Nick Erskine and Tristan De Silva and that out there, they're running up there with them. It's a really good group. It's a group where, aside from this last few weeks maybe, there's usually a lot of respect and a lot of give and take, uh, much like you get with the Vintages. And there's a lot of camaraderie in the pits and helping each other like you get with the Vintages, um, which is why I like that, much is why I like the Vintages, because you, you get that. It's not the drama it's not the everybody fighting and bickering and that like you know other classes we see around the pits where every week it's another soap opera you know for them it's it's a really good group of people and you know i would recommend it to anybody either of those classes absolutely you know i i i always say i would love to go run a dirt race like and i've all i up until four three to four years ago I'm going to be honest. I was very mm, iffy about dirt. And I started watching a lot more G force on, or, you know, G, the G force stuff on the Friday night. I'm like, okay, that looks like a lot of fun. I, I, mm, it's looking, it's looking like a fun. And then in 2019, I made, I made a, a last minute decision. Like it, I'm talking like four 30 in the afternoon. I'm just like, you know what? Let's load. The, I'm going to load the kids up. I'm going to go down to Oshwegan and I'm going to enjoy some racing tonight. Took him out. Man, did I ever have a blast. That was the most fun. Even on the grandstand side, that was the most fun I've ever had at a racetrack in so long. And, like, that year, I, I felt so defeated in 2019. I didn't want to show up at a racetrack. After opening night of Flamber, I didn't want to show up at a racetrack again. But, like, I went I went to, like I said, I went to Oshwegan, went to Full Throttle, and it helped reignite my love for for racing. And man, does Oshawa can ever put on a great show week in and week out? It's and it's not just the racing. It's not you know you can't blame one thing. Yeah, the fan experience. They definitely, especially when it comes to the kids and the kids clubs and the entertainment. The facility itself is top notch. I mean, how many washrooms do you see like that at a racetrack? <laughs> I mean, That's the, the, the best the washrooms I've ever been. You know to. what I mean? It, it, it's 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 not the old trough at Flamborough that we had years ago, right? Um, you know, the pit set up now, we're getting better lighting, better speaker. Every year there's more and more they're doing to make it better and better. And it's it's taken them 25 years. Like I remember the first time I went to Oshwegan to watch, it was probably like 99, 2000-ish. Yeah. One. Um, and I remember they still were using old farm tractors to drag the cars off. And they didn't have a tech building or anything in the back. And the grandstands were a fraction of the size. But it was still a, it was a great show back then, but it wasn't. Then I went back years later, and all of a sudden it's... You know, and even what I've seen over the past 12 years, it's just a phenomenal facility. The safety crew and that, like I say, I would hold them against any professional series anywhere. You you watch G-Force, you watch a sprint car flip, and you can count how many seconds it takes for the first truck to get on scene. Oh, yeah. I've had a few bad wrecks there. I know how fast they were there. Um, you know, and that's as a racer, that's a difference. You know, knowing that it's that they're there, that they're proper, that they're – that makes it so one less worry you have. You know, it's just the little things. And then you get into the G-Force and the broadcasting. How do you not sell that to a sponsor? Here, you're getting broadcasted, and you're probably getting better views than some national series. And it's not being aired on a Wednesday afternoon, pre- yeah. pre-recorded, right? It's, you know, how do you not sell that? It's a, the whole package at Oshwegan is amazing. And like I say, but that's why I think I mean, the one in the... is a bit of a lot of health, but other than that, they're pretty good. Yeah. But honestly, that's why I think that, you know, what is it? There was 130-something cars there on Friday night alone. Yep. 
like i'm not knocking tracks i'm just but like that helps that shows right there like what kind of facility glenn styers and clint jeffrey and all those guys have done to help make it a better facility for the fans for the drivers and from top to bottom it's so hard to like you you can't even nitpick on the facility really no and if you do they'll fix it by next week <laughs> mm-hmm. exactly right like though they take so much yeah. time and you know they they show so much love for the community they show so much love for everything about the area and you know it's to me that really draws me in right like i i'm gonna be honest i was watching the um the g-force from from this past friday night and they had uh well at the opening i don't want to sound off you know i don't want to sound um be politically incorrect or politically correct um but they had some dancers out there they had some music going on to I think it was, I, th- I believe it was to open the powwow yep. or yeah it was Saturday but you know what though I love that mm-hmm. that helps tie things in and, and really bring a whole experience I seen those seeing the dancers out there and listening I was like man I was I'm like I wish I was there but it, it's one of those things they, they're always looking they don't go to car to racing shows to find new fans like other tracks no. do. So other tracks go, they're not knocking the racing shows. Now, but in the winter, everybody goes to those same indoor shows. They already know about you. Oshwegan goes to the school fairs, the local events, community stuff. They're bringing in the sports teams, you know, different charity organizations and all that. And it's it brings in a different fan. It brings in the families. It convinces them, you know what I mean, to come out for that kind of thing. It brings in, like I said, the community that's coming for the powwow, come to the races. Yep. I remember a few years back, they had the Action Expo there with all the scooters and BMX and all that. Yep. On the Saturday, Friday, they had uh, Tanner Fox there running a mini stock. So, of course, all the kids wanted to go. They yeah. wanted to see their YouTube. The kid had, what, 4 million YouTube subscribers or something? something Everybody like wanted to see it. You know, he ran around at half the speed of smell behind us and then crashed in the accident 10 minutes later. But you know what? He posted it on YouTube like it was the greatest wreck that ever happened. <laughs> and it got more people out. But because they're, they're willing to try new ideas. Like, then I'll give that to Clinton. He's out there trying stuff. And they know he's worked, but he, he's not willing to give up, right? Where other tracks sit there and they think that that sign out at the end of the road is going to bring people in. And you you know as much as I do. You know many t- events we used to do with Gary's team? Oh, Twice yeah. a week, doing stuff. And we'd be stuff locally, you know, charity events and that. And say something about racing at Flamborough. The horse track? Yeah. People live down the road and don't even know the track's there. And it's, I'm not picking on Flamborough specifically, but I mean, there's a lot of tracks that are like that, where Oshwegan was always the first one to get out there and, and you know, promotional vehicles and stuff at events and things and whatever it could take to get people in the grandstands. Because let's face it, there is nothing more pathetic as a driver and nothing more to kill your buzz as you're flying out that chute to come out and take, you know, get on the track and you see an empty grandstand and go, wow, I'm really doing this for me. You know what I mean? Instead of looking out and seeing all these people watching going, oh crap, they're all watching me. And I remember the first night in the mini stock and I already run the bomber, but I didn't really notice it with the bomber. The first night in the mini stock, I come out onto the big track and it was sprint car national. So it was the biggest yeah. night of the year. And I looked at those grandstands and that, Holy crap. They're not here to see me, but they're going to see me. Yeah. I better not do this up. And you know, it just, it gets you pumped up. It gets you going. And it's, oh, you're absolutely right. Yeah. And that's, and that's the one thing I got to give Oshwegan 
credit for week in and week out is all like what uh, what did I hear? They did a essentially a one for one. You, you get two prices for the for the price two races for the price of one. They're getting out free vouchers for the following week. Like, are you kidding me? Well, last week they had the Halloween in July. They had the kids yeah. going up and giving out candy. The bike week a few weeks before that giving out bikes. Like, uh, and what is it, what did they do? The, the back to school backpacks. Yeah, yeah. But again, yeah, always- this is this draws families in. This draws the the next generation of racers in, even just well, that- the kids. And that's the same with Flamber with the kids' ride night. Yeah. My, my nephews remember when they were little going out on that night with Linda Dean. Yeah. They remember her. Now it's funny because they know her now. You know what I mean? Back then, they, they, this lady they didn't even know, they remember it. You know, same. I remember as a kid at Flamborough winning a bike when they used to do the Junior Hobby Fan Club. Yeah. And it's one of those cool things. I remember a few years back, gosh, we did a thing with the kids' club where they got a school bus and they'd load all the kids up before the race and drive them through the pits and let them see because oh. you know what so they got and they got I think they did a lap around the track or something in the school bus. Yeah. I remember standing there in the pit and Clinton Jeffries in there with them and they stopped the bus and he starts yelling at me, grab your hero cards, get in, let's go. Okay. <laughs> I'm stupid. We hop in, signing hero cards, ripping around, finally like, okay, we gotta go back, get out. So they dumped me off in the pits and I remember it was uh, Trevor DeBoer's son, Austin, went to him that night and says we went around the bus and this and that. And he's telling his dad about everything, you know, because his dad's over in the pit. So he was racing, right? Yeah. And then this racer got on and we had to throw him off. And But that's, oh. you know what I mean? The kids are going to remember that. It's That's what it is. You're selling memories. You're selling entertainment. You're not selling a seat in a, in a grandstand. Yeah. And that, like, I still remember to this day getting in, you know, way before I actually remember coming back to Flamborough. I remember going out when I was, Man, I gotta be say eight or nine, maybe ten years old, if I'm lucky. If I'm, if I'm, but again, went to Flambro. We went to go watch uh, one of my mom's friends. I, to this day, it still bugs me because I remember it being almost exactly like a sprint car, but it was just running asphalt. Okay, so more like a when they used to do like the not really a Pro Four, but they used to run more of a modified. And this guy, and this is this is why I remember this guy would load his car up onto a open flatbed trail that he would just use to drive to and from the track. Like it was a, like it was a transport truck, but that's the only yeah. thing that would be on it would just be this, the car. And, but like, I, I, to this day, I still can't remember if it, what it was. And I don't have any right. pictures of it. So I don't remember. I don't remember the guy's name, but guess what? I still remember getting into a car one of those nights and going around the track at Flamborough Speedway for a kid's yeah. ride night. I still remember that to this day. And that is what got me that would that's what drove me to enjoy racing from such a young age. I was watching racing when I was ten years old. I was watching the Daytona five hundred. But that's that, it gets you that's, it. that's what it's all about. I mean, it, even doing all the stuff with Gary and that. He's the one who taught me. Put the kid in the car. Oh yeah. Don't just autograph and stand next to it. The kid's gonna remember sitting in the car. And if the kid's a little bit older, let them fire the damn car up and rev the engine a few times. Yeah. You know, I mean, and, and I, that's one of the things I've kind of brought, always brought with me. And you get kids coming over to the pits after, especially if I'm more, if I know them in that, yeah, get in, make sure it's in neutral, let them fire it up and rev it. And you know what I mean? Cause that's, that's, what's going to make the next generation. That's what's going to get the next Megan Mitchell out there or the next, you know what I mean? That's, that's where we all came from. You know, not all of us were in racing families where it was just, it was going to happen, you know, because, you know, dad had a car there every week. You were there every week. I mean, you turned 16, you got a car. 
I mean, we all had some tie, something to tie us in, but we weren't there. We weren't go-kart kids that, you know, started at five years old. You know, I didn't start racing until well into my 20s. I couldn't afford to, really. I mean, it wasn't until probably almost my late 20s when I could actually afford to have a truck and a trailer and, you know what I mean, to do it all. It's like I, I saw the effect firsthand of putting a kid in the car. I mean, a few weeks ago, we went to Oshwegan with my little cousins. There's like four of them. And I'm, Tristan De Silva was one of the ones that had his car out by the um, concession building. And Mark says to them, like, who wants to get in? So three of them were scared, too. One of them got in. But they still, to this day, every time they see Tristan's car, they're cheering for him. They had no clue who he was. But now they've he's gained another yep. fan, and they they love it. They remember getting in, you know, let them put the belts on, put the steering wheel on, let them make noise, race car noises if they want. Yeah. That's the memories, right? That's what you're there for. Exactly. That's what got me. You know, and there's, and that's where you get some of the people who are legends aren't because they won the most championships. Like one of the guys I have the most respect for at Oshwegan is pinball, Mike Iverson. The guy has not missed a night in 25 years, which sounds silly, but if you've ever raced, think about that. He has have all the and his name's Pinball. He has wrecked a lot of cars. He's flipped I don't know how many times. He doesn't remember, but he's never missed a night. Every week he's put it back together and made it back out there. And I remember about five six years ago it was autograph night, and they went. He, it was the B main. He spun. Somebody took the front end off his car, and I remember Clinton running down an interview with him, and he's like, "Yeah, if the car doesn't roll, we're not going to make it out for autographs." And he's like, "No, you're Pinball. You're coming for autographs. We'll tow your broken car back out." And he got back to the pits. We were already running. And we are yelling. And before they even let the tow truck down, we had it on stands. We threw the I think it was tie rod in. It was just, I'm there screaming for parts, and everybody's just running because it's pinball. It's one of our you know, family, right? You know what I mean? Everybody's running, letting them parts, running for tools. The front end was bent over too far. The wheel wouldn't, wouldn't move. So I got a redneck idea. I hopped in my truck and trailer, drove around the pits, backed into the side of pinball's car. So it was hitting the side of the car. Hooked the winch from the trailer on, started pulling. It wasn't working enough, so I handed Clinton Nichols the remote and said, oh, grabbed a sledgehammer and started smashing it derby style. We got it over. We got it bad. This, at this point, pinballs rewiring, wiring got ripped out. You know, the Erskine family's in there doing the tire rod. Like, everybody's in there. There's, you know, probably 10 people on this car. In, like, five minutes, we had the car rolling enough to get it back out for autographs. The tow truck guy comes over and says, where's pinball? Clinton told me to come get him. He's already out there. <laughs> and he didn't make it main. I mean, he wasn't going for the feature. That was just because you have to have Mike Pinball Guyberson on the front stretch signing autographs on autograph night because he is a legend. You know, and that's what kids look up for too in that. And that's what the, the fans and the drivers, you know what I mean? It's the memories. And it's funny because to this day, me and Mike still joke about that night and the, the redneck frame straightener. <laughs> that's the best way to call it right there. There was the frame rails weren't even attached anymore. The front hoop was what was holding the frame rails up, yeah. but it was in front of the axle. It wasn't fixed, but you know what? It made it back out. We had fun. We laughed about it. You know, we've talked about it over a few beers since, but it was one of those things. We had fun doing it, and you know, by he got back out there, and that's what it's about, though. It's about the memories. It's a. It helps create a. a a great community as well because you know the the more kids that are able to even just hop behind the wheel or even the kids at heart because you know 
as much as you know there's people out there's like oh you know racing stupid you put them beside a race car like oh what's this and get them to check it out you could get them hooked it it sounds stupid we we all love to say it you know we all hear all the time racing stupid we just go in circles except for you dirt boys you guys turn right to go left for some reason you know as we all learn from all i learned from dog hudson you don't know how fun slideways is (laughs) i beg to differ because I went to NASCAR Speed Park in Vaughn when it was available, and they had a track called Slideways. Thank you very much. And that was a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> that was the most fun I ever had at a go kart track. But you're right, though. I would, you know, I, you know, even the, the super stock or the, sorry, not super stocks, the thunder stocks would be an absolute hoot to get out there mm-hmm. and just, you know, rip the top. You know, I I was laughing my ass off when I saw Cameron out there just ripping the top in the feature. I'm like, boy, you better get down off that. <laughs> but he, laugh after laugh, he was just just riding the cushion. But you know what though, I'm I'm thinking sitting there thinking I'm like, man, that would be so much fun to go out there and do. Mm-hmm. You know, I would I would love to go out and get, you know, a Mustang or something and just have an opportunity to go out there and get and get dirty. I got a helmet that's doing nothing. So I just need to, I just need to piece together a full fire suit. <laughs> we got to think of it this way. Well, I, I might have a fire suit because between Adam and Connor, they're all kind of your size ish. You won't fit in mine, but. Oh, I don't fit in yours. And Cameron's not in points anymore because he's missed a bunch of nights. I think the hack should let you take his car out one night. Oh. Really? <laughs> he's, oh. It's not going to because he's already out of points. Yeah. Put him out. I think we should put you in a Thunderstock. I would. That would be funny as hell <laughs> to watch me go out there. Because I, either one, I'm gonna loop at each lap, or two, who knows what the hell would happen. I, it you would be destroy a car in their first try. You're absolutely correct. I, they don't do open testing though, do they? No, unfortunately, yeah. and that would that would be nice. It's too much prep for the track, and 100%. because cars we run. They won't run without a full safety crew. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They, won't, they won't let you just go out where That's other tracks. That's uh, understandable. We have done them in the past uh, before Sprint Car Nationals to get you know people out. We do in the sp- first in the spring usually, but it rains out every year, so we don't get to do it. Um, and we've done it once once or twice in July to get ready for the Tony Stewart night. Yeah. They just need to pack the track in. But for the most part, we don't get to it. It's 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 unfortunate, but it's it's reality, right? I mean, yeah. But that I'm into track prep and into you know, having a full safety crew there and that it's, it's thousands and thousands of dollars to go out and, and play around. Right. Like we did it probably three or four years ago. They had one right before sprint car nationals. And we put Kyle, the Silva in my car and he had a blast. You know, yeah. there, Cause he, he wanted to run with his brother. He wanted to run dirt too. He had fun, but he didn't want to do dirt. He wanted to stay on pavement after that. <laughs> But he did good. He, he was running. I mean, he was out there with like the three fastest cars that year. But he wasn't that far off their pace. Considering he was only out there that night. By the end of the night, he was he was getting there. Yeah. Well, you know, Cameron, if you're looking for a new driver, just hit me up. I'll, I'll be more than willing to take out the, the street stock for a night. See how yeah, I think. What success does he have in the street stock? What success does he have in the pure stock? He needs to concentrate on the pure stock. Yeah. Let you take the pure stock. Oh, I'm you can free- help. I, I think I, I think that'd be a lot of fun. I think it'd be pretty cool. Um, well, let's we're gonna slide forward here a little bit, and uh, 
you know, we we touched we 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 touched on the fact that how you got involved with uh with helping out Connor and and Adam with the CVMs. You you did a lot of work last year with them, and you know, it was definitely noticed by everyone in the pits. But over the winter, an announcement. Well, I don't really want to call it announcement. It was it was told. I heard some rumblings that. Adam was going to get behind the wheel of the car, which was cool. And then all of a sudden I hear, oh, yeah, we're splitting the ride three ways. Rob gets to drive, Adam gets to drive, and Connor gets to drive. My first thought, because Connor is not a small boy, and then Twitch is short. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. And then Adam's just gigantic. And I'm thinking, like, how the hell is this going to work? When And I'm looking at our schedule. We have a four in a row and a five in a row. How- it's the opposite of what everybody thought, though. Everybody said to me, you're going to make a little kid in there. You're going to be <laughs> tiny. In there. No, I fit in a vintage modified. Even last year before we did anything, yeah. I took the car out day in practice, and Dave Lacey took it out, too, because we were trying to chase a problem. Dave kind of fit, but he was too low, which is when we figured out Connor was also too low. And I got in, and I fit, but I was too low. But if we brought the seat up, I fit better than Connor did. So now we get in the car this year. We did all these adjustments. We had to cut out the footbox, having to fit Adam in and cut the window and everything. Yeah. Adam still fits like a muffin in a toaster. His knees are up to his chin. He's just squished in there. It cannot be comfortable. Connor fits okay. I'm comfortable. The car's built for me. The same. So, we had in my car yesterday screwing around at the shop. Yeah. I fit very well in my car. If we move the seat, Jonathan Ayrton fits very well, and he's way taller than any of us. Yeah. But Connor can still fit in my car. Where Adam Adam doesn't really fit. <laughs> Adam fits in an announcing booth. <laughs> he's good there. Now the question is, is Adam going to hear all this? That's 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 going to be the true test here. Oh, you know our friendship. I would say it to Oh, I know. (laughs) And that's the funny part. Sorry, go ahead. I think he might be in next week. He's coming up again soon for one of the few nights that he can run. Is he? Soon. I don't remember. I have to look at the calendar and see. Because that night I'm for sure putting a GoPro in the car. I don't think it'll fit. I would love to put a go. I want to put a GoPro in the car for that night, and that that one's going to be strictly one at Adam and one out the front, because I will. I want to see how. Because that's the thing is is being around David and Eddie and them. They knew Adam because Adam had ran a car for David back in the day, back in the nineties. Yeah. So I knew who Adam was, you know. And then of course, you know, seeing him on TSN and G Force and. I'm like, man, like this guy's like so cool. Like to to me in my mind, he's he's this like ultra amazing guy. And then to find out he ran CVMs with David, I'm like, oh my! Like it just took me to another level. And then to hear that he was gonna get behind the wheel, I was like, man, I am. I, I don't care. I, I, it's the coolest thing ever. I've got to see. And, you know, I, I, I still say each week it's it's. Just, you know, you tell me, was it Sunday, Sundays or Mondays? I find out who's racing that week. Cause, cause that 44 cars under the Jomo media banner. And you guys, you, you like to make sure, let me know who's actually behind the wheel. 
And, you know, I appreciate you for that because that's, that takes a lot of, off of me when it comes time to write it because I'm like, who the hell's behind the wheel? Cause you, we thought I would get one of those things they have on buses that you rotate and it says for the next stop. <laughs> name on that. That might be next year. Hey, whatever, whatever it helps. Get, I think that was still the funniest thing. That, so we kind of jumped ahead here. How did that deal come about for you guys to split the ride between the three of you? Um, I guess it had already started before it got to me. I was leaving work one day and I get a phone call from Adam, which just like at all time we work together. And he called me and I think it's probably November-ish. I forget exactly when it was. But he called me up and said, um, so Connor doesn't really want to race every week next year. I'm thinking, great, I get time off. This is awesome. <laughs> but John wants the car there every week. Okay. So will you drive it part-time? Yeah. Okay. And I didn't hear anything for a little bit after that. I kind of like, okay, we'll let it go. And then eventually it came in, and he's like, well, I'm going to drive too. Uh-oh. This is going to work. And then, so it just kind of, I guess, Adam must went to John and said, okay, we're not going to do it. John, it was actually John Carley's idea, apparently, he said, we'll put Rob in the car. So I said, Adam, what's John think of this? Does he know this idea? Because there was this something you just came up with. No, no, John's good with it. So you know, I definitely appreciate, you know, John taking the risk, putting somebody, I mean, he knows Adam very well. They've known each other for years. He kind of knows me, right? I mean, he's, he's only known me a few years now. And to say, here, here's my car. Go play with it. That's that's a pretty big leap of faith. So I'll definitely give him credit for that. See, I've always, I've... We had a good We took a lot of time off. Because we were burnt out after, you know, between COVID and, you know, the really hot, busy season we had yeah. because it was short and everything. So by the time the fall came, we were done. So we let it sit for a bit. And then Adam had his vacation and everything. They went away. He came back. Oh, we're going to get working on the car. Like, okay, let's go. We got a list, which Adam hates lists, I found out. So I made sure <laughs> we have one at the shop now just to drive him nuts. So we go and um, we're going over the car. We're trying to figure out what we're going to do. We, you know, figure out some stuff with it. And... Um, Joe Arsenal, AJ Pissetti, they all came over to the shop and kind of helped us out, went over everything and kind of, you know, looked at everything, saw a few things that were wrong. We had, we'd screwed up. Well, I'm pretty sure we screwed up on that point, but so we got everything kind of straight away. We were in a good spot. We had this whole plan. Joe explained to me how to do the front suspension and everything. I'm like, yeah, you know, I used to build trucks with, pick up trucks with air riding that I can do this. <laughs> okay. January 24th. And I'm like, okay, I got to go. It's my mom's birthday. I got to be there for lunch, whatever. Don't break anything. And they all had to leave. Adam stayed by himself to, you know, do things. Sunday morning, I get a phone call. Do you want to go to the shop with me? I need to show you something. <laughs> okay. We go to the shop. I open the door. He has taken a grinder and completely cut the whole cockpit out of the car. <laughs> and not nice straight edges and clean and measured. He, Adam Ross, the whole thing out <laughs> with, the, with the death wheel. So you think you can fix it? I guess so. So we ended up spending a couple months getting everything back. We had changed how the pedals were mounted and that, and had to kind of widen some areas and work around some stuff. And that became our big project. But then at the end, because of that, we had to do some other projects. Like I wanted the exhaust out the side like Morphe had. I loved that exhaust. So coincidentally, the exhaust didn't fit anymore when we had to redo the footbox. I got my side exhaust. So we did that, 
and at the last minute I did the suspension that me and Joe had talked about, which was my big thing I wanted. Uh, but it was kind of one of those things we went, well, we don't have a lot to do this year. You know, a couple new body panels and to, oh my God, Adam took a grinder to the car. <laughs> and so that was kind of our whole winter project. But no, I did no. the right thing and I made him fix most of it. I made him cut and trim all the panels and make all the templates. And then I just did the welding for him because if you fix his, his mistake, he's going to do it again. Yep. I made him fix it himself and now he knows how to do it. And he knows how much work it is when he does it again. So I'm already thinking that right now because we've had two out of the three drivers of the car. I think we need to invite Adam on to get his side of the story now. But then you're going to have to get a widescreen for the broadcast. <laughs> oh, boy. He's already starting to pick on him and we haven't even asked him to come on yet. Damn. But yeah. Oh, you should we're like in the shop. Or oh, I can only imagine... I can only imagine what you guys are like in a shop. But anyways, how's the, uh, so you said you tested the car last year. Uh, you got into the car. I think it was the second race or the third race of the year this year. Yeah. Yeah. So how was that actually getting a chance to be on the track with all those CVMs? Intimidating. The guy been out once on a Tuesday practice at that point, not counting the couple laps I did last year. Yeah, and even that it was a learning experience. I mean, I raced a mini stock there. This was not a mini stock. You know, mini stock, you kind of come off the corner, you mash the gas, you go, you kind of slow down, you go into the corner. This, you do that, and all of a sudden you're sideways facing the front stretch wall. So I had to learn to be a little more, and then I had to learn how far I could push it. And I'm still learning. I've only been in the car four times. Yeah, uh, but I'm learning just how much. And it wasn't until we put your video in. I thought I was doing good. I thought I had good marks going in. I watched your video. Went, oh, I'm lifting way sooner than I thought. And I'm getting on it way later than I thought. And so we're, def we're still working on that. I've only been in the car one night since that. Um, but I'm getting to where I'm comfortable. I've got car control. I'm not wrecking it. My big thing, I don't want to go out there and wreck everybody. Yeah. Take your spot. No. Because I don't have the car control to not wreck everybody going into the first corner. And I don't want to be that guy. So hopefully... By the end of the season, I am. I know, like I was talking to Jay Pepin last night, and we're trying to push him to take his spot. He's like, I don't know, I don't know. Jay, even though he might not have the confidence, apparently, he's where I want to be by the end of the year. Yeah. He's fast enough to race with them. He has enough car control to race side-by-side side with them. And I think he could take his spot. And that's, where I, that's my goal by the end of the season, is to be able to do that. I want to be where he is right now, and I would be happy with the season. I'm not saying I'm going to go out there and contend for a win or anything, but if I can go out there and run with cars and take my spot and quite much like Adam did or Connor did this week with us, I'd be proud of that. You know what I mean? That's, I think that's a reasonable goal. And Absolutely. And, you know, that's the – I have to admit, that was the, the one thing that surprised me a lot this past week was one – Connor's already started up front a couple times. But it was the fact that when he went out and started up front, he didn't just pull over, let the field go no. by, come into the back. This guy was out there actually racing hard. He was running third for a bit. Yeah. Third and fourth for a while. He got passed a little bit at the end there, but lost yep. a couple spots. Fifth both times, but he held his own. Oh, yeah. And you know what? For me, I'm sitting there thinking, like, holy crap, who, like, who's actually behind the wheel of this thing, actually? Because, because we have seen Connor. It's just, it, it's not a dig at Connor. He he's he's learned so much. He's progressed so much. 
but it was just the fact that seeing that car last night run the way it did, it almost made me think someone else was behind the wheel. But to see that it was actually Connor behind the wheel made it that much better for me. I think it was probably the crew. I think they just gave him that good of a piece. <laughs> I mean, you, you guys do do an okay job and make sure that car is out each week. It's, it's, it's understandable. But, you know, you're right, though. It's you, you guys do a great job week in and week out to make sure that car is ready to go each week. And, you know, it's it's crazy and you know now now you kind of next time you're in the car you kind of have to uh pick up the pace a little bit it seems like that's what i told connor last time i'm like you're a dick you just set a really high bar for the rest of it <laughs> now you got to go out there and, and and prove him or go up there and run third i know or get up at least up on that scoreboard at the end of the race yeah uh so how many more races do you think you're gonna get in the car this year don't know exactly. I'm guessing probably two or three more, judging by how many nights we have left. There is one or two nights that Adam might be able to run. And then depends, Connor. We don't have a firm schedule for Connor, so I'm kind of the flexible one here. Yeah. Connor around his schedule with the sprint cars and that, um, which is kind of an open schedule. And whatever nights he can't run, I run. Um, that's kind of the agreement we had. Uh, basically, Adam gets first dibs, Connor gets second, and I take what's left. So if I had to guess, I'd probably say I probably about. Two or three, at least two or three more starts, but who knows? So what are your goals looking like for the rest of the year then? Just keep progressing, keep it in one piece. Uh, I want to get the lap times down a little better, get better at hitting my marks. The problem we did was we watched the video, we got all these great ideas. Everybody gave me all this advice, and I tried to do it all at once. We went out a couple weeks ago, and I was just, every lap I was missing my marks because I was worried about the last mark I was trying to hit. So I think we're going to try and kind of break it down get the entry good first and then slowly progress through the corner and, and just get all my marks right. And I'd like to be able to get the lap times down a little more competitive, a little closer to Connor's numbers, at least. I'm not going to say we're going to run with Quentin or anybody, but with the equipment we have, I know our car can run what Connor runs, right? Our yeah. car is capable of it. So I'd like to get closer to that. Um, and like I say, by the end, I, if, if I'd like to feel comfortable enough out there, that I can hold the line enough, that I can work around other cars enough, that I could t- I could take my spot to start. And it's it it sounds silly, but it, I come from a stock car background. There's body panels. If you touch a little, it's not a big deal. I run on dirt. That's all we do is bounce off each other. You know, and to go to a CVM where you can't do that, it's it's intimidating. You know what I mean? And I don't want to be that guy out there driving through people and wrecking people, and because I don't like when people wreck us. So. Yeah, we. We, we, we already lost two cars on Saturday there and, you know, hopefully they come back again next week, but you know, it's wrecking these cars is so, is so tough because sometimes it's, I hate to say it, but like some of like we're, we're open wheel. It's an open wheel class. And everything's one off. You can't, you can't yeah. go to the calls, drop it off. You can't go to McDowell and buy an axle. It's all one off parts and yep. every car is different and, each you know, car even, is different. It's insane. Yeah. I offered to build a new bumper for one of the teams that, that wrecked their bumper this week because I have a tubing bender and all that. But I think if they were all the same, I could use the jig I used for Connor's and our bumpers, but they're not. Everybody's a little bit wider, a little bit narrower, a little bit higher, a little lower, different mounts. Where if you look at like the Sportsman Modifieds on dirt, like Jonathan's car, you go look at it. 
you order it out of a catalog. They're all the same. You know what I mean? Yeah. Same with you get into a pro late model. You order everything from Grisdale or wherever, and you know you pick up the part and you bolt it on. It's where these cars, everything is so fabricated, so one-off. Everybody's got a different suspension design, different way of doing it. And it's, you know, it depends who built the car in the first place. I mean, there's a couple guys that share axles because they were built by the same guy on the same jig, but not all of them. Yeah. And that's and that's the tough part, right, is you're right. All these parts are all one-off for the most part. And, you know, unless you're stocking up with as many as you can throughout the, for the, for the whole season, it's, it, Essentially, if you prepare yourself for breaking one a night, yeah, it's it's stressful enough to to make sure these cars get back out each week. And you know, it, I hate to see it when they the, when they get wrecked. And it's a testament, I think, to guys like Ron Easton that we do get out every week because those are the guys who build and fabricate this stuff for us. We don't all have machine shops, and we don't all have, you know, I mean, I do okay i have enough stuff i've piled over the years with brakes and vendors and stuff like that but most guys don't and i still don't have everything and i can't do everything yeah what i mean so i mean it's it's hard you know it's hard to be out there every week it's hard to do these five race stretches and four race stretches and and that just the maintenance alone and the but hey we're we're going back at it again this saturday night who's going to be behind the wheel of the cvm this week yeah We'll see who's behind the wheel. I don't know if it's me or Adam uh, or Connor. Uh, like I said, I know Adam's got one coming up soon, but yeah, it's good to see at least a few of the guys that broke in that. We'll, I know they're coming back, so they've already got a plan, so that's good to hear. That's awesome. I know the 29 of Daryl Henwood's going to come back out this week. Cool. Missed having him out. Yeah, that'll that's be- going to be awesome seeing that uh, red and gray, yellow number 29 car out, so that's going to be cool. Um. Yeah, I'm. I, I. I hope the. I hope going forward the the next four races we there's uh no carnage. We go green green to checker, and if there's any carnage, it's just no one touches. It's just a spin here and there. That's all. I, I'd be happy with that. Yeah. So minor damage is one thing, as long as we're not tearing up stuff. And absolutely. Uh. So we're gonna jump. We're gonna jump over to our fan question period here. As you saw earlier today, uh, we put out there on social media, on Facebook and Instagram, that you were coming on tonight for the special number sixty-nine episode, and uh, we got some fan questions for you. You ready to answer them? Let's do it. All right, Megan, take it away. All right. Uh, first up is Jay Pepin. He said, "How is the transition from dirt to pavement racing when you jump from series to series?" It's completely different. It's the only thing I've really tied the CVM to when I was starting to do it was the little bit of pavement mini stock experience I have. As for the two cars, they are completely different, um, unfortunately. So it has made it a bit of a learning curve jumping into the vintage because it's not, it doesn't have the power that the mini, it doesn't have the handling, and it's not, it's not just the dirt to that. I mean, if it was a mini to a mini and dirt to pavement, it would probably be a little different, but. They are completely different animals, unfortunately. So it's it's been a bit of a challenge, but it's been fun. True. Uh, William underscore Trillium, I guess, and these come from Instagram. Said, "What track do you want to race at that you haven't raced before?" Um, Brighton looks pretty cool. It's a long drive. That's kind of what stopped me. 
Uh, Southern Ontario, I know they've done a lot of work too. I was considering running there next year with the mini stock, but now they're not running mini stock, so that kind of ruined that plan. Um, as for pavement, I think Tricasa would be really, really cool in a bridge. Way too fast, and I probably, you know, would die, but you know what? Give us some 10 inch slicks and send us out there in the vintages. Let's see what we can break. Cool. I'd love to see that. That would be brutal enough with that with that fresh pavement and everything. That's no, no, I don't want to see anyone get hurt. I got a couple questions for you, Jonathan. Oh no. After previous weeks. And with Feeney in that. Are we gonna do a cooking with Jomo segment here? Do I not get a cooking with Jomo? And I have another question. Do you make all your guests give you butt rub before they can be on the show, or is that just you're taking the panic? First of all, the cooking with Jomo, you know what? Actually, that would be, uh, oh, you know what would be really good? Butterscotch chews. Mm-hmm. That's something I can make to make and bring to the track as well. I might have to hold you to that. And then while you're out of it, you can make some ribs too. I mean, they're only six hours. <laughs> Want me to smoke some ribs up? Sure. I'm not expecting you a brisket or anything hard. I know you're still. still- <laughs> I know. I'm so sorry. I'm still, I, I'm taking pictures. I, w- I want to get you your book back and I'm taking some pictures of the. Uh, no, 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 no. That's your book. I'm going to, I want to make sure it gets back to you. I'm going to finish reading it. I'm going to take pictures of the uh, recipes. So that way I have a copy of them. Because there, there's still one I still I still want to make it because it's what fuels me each week and not and it's not the Chino Racing Podcast Cup it is Dr Pepper and then yeah that's the one barbecue sauce I want to make and I look so good I'm just like mm. but yeah that's and what so okay hold on what was your second question because you kind of cut out there at the end so do all all guests have to give you butt rub before they can be on the show or are you just taking advantage of me. I'm just taking advantage of you. You're right there. It's easy enough. I mean, sometimes you, sometimes you reach around up front and it gets me going, but <laughs> no, because this guy's this guy has like come up from behind me and reached around and just grabbed me, and I'm like, oh, hello. <laughs> I, I always make a noise, and then Jacqueline just like looks at me, he's like, what the hell just came out of your mouth? <laughs> Also, uh, Jason from Turn Two, there he's he's done it a couple times too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Megan's like, just stop, John. Just shut the f- <laughs> shut up. <laughs> Megan's never been in a shop with us though. You think you put all of us in Gary's shop? You, me, and Jason. And, cool. and I do feel bad. When I got to Gary's team. Jason was this nice little quiet Christian kid that played nice. And then there was these two little kids over there that came with Eddie, this Will and John, that were all these nice little kids. And then Rob came in, and all of a sudden, we're just corrupt. <laughs> hold on, hold on. Before No, 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 no. <laughs> I was nice in front of you guys because I felt like I had to be respectful around y'all. Oh. I kept my mouth shut. I was already I corrupt before I went into high school, <laughs> and that was by my own doing. Trust me, there's... <laughs> If I said a lot of things that I that I would say nowadays, Ed would have never let me back in the shop after the first night. 
I can tell you that right now. <laughs> Megan, do we have any more questions there? Because we, we just more. derailed this one. <laughs> <laughs> okay. This next one is also from William underscore Trillium. And he said, what's your favorite track to run at and why? Bosch Wigan. Uh, aside from all the stuff we talked about before, um, it's just a lot of fun. It's, you know, you can run mini stocks there seven wide. You're not bunched up. You're not into each other. You have lots of room to run. And you can, you can't run necessarily flat out, but you can carry a lot of speed through there. Where you go to tracks like Merrittville, I love Merrittville. I just hate turn four. It is evil. Humberstone, it's fun, but you got to lift. You got to use brakes. You got to, you know, you can't just drive the crap out of it. Hmm. And that very much suits my driving styles. Just drive like an animal. <laughs> well, good thing you are. But for I want to go back here because you said turn four scares you. Why does turn four scare you at Merrillville? Scare me. It's just Merrillville's a D. So you can run okay. the front stretch, runs tight, but it opens up to two. You can carry all this speed. You arch down the back stretch. You come into this big sweeping turn three. Then all of a sudden it tightens up and you have to start like turn 90 degrees. Because if you don't, there's a ditch in the front stretch along the front stretch wall that you end up in called the moat. Yeah. Okay. That, you know, I never thought about it that way. Just took that corner and stretched it out a little, rounded it out. I'd like it a lot more. It probably would lose all its character the track has, but. So it is. So the, I guess the next closest track to that would kind of be like um, a Varney then. Exactly. Exactly. Like it's a, a lazy D going down the back stretch. You can, sl you know, slide all the way out to the wall, arch a nice yeah. in, but turn four, that's where you like, it closes up real quick. Yeah. And that's exactly okay. what you get. Maribel. And. If the guy on the inside of you doesn't do it either, you're still getting, he's going to drive through you, right? And if you don't, you're going up in the moat. Like, there's no, they're never, they never seem to have a good lap through there. I can never make it work. <laughs> All right, I tried. I could get one, two, and three perfect. I was good in the straightaways, and then I get to four and ruin the whole lap. And the last question comes from Cam the Hack Thompson. He said, What did you tell Connor to make him drive better? It involved Flamburgers, and he was bribed. <laughs> but he got his hamburgers, and he drove fast. I was going to actually you know, dangle it in front of the windshield, have it hanging. <laughs> I thought, you know, tech might not like that. They might call it an obstruction or, a, you know, weight ballast or something. I'm sure if you talk to Randy, he would he would let it slide. I think Randy would even probably do it for a cheeseburger or for a flamburger as well. It's like a Klondike bar. You'd be oh, surprised what people do for a flamburger. <laughs> All kinds of horrible things. <laughs> I Jesus Christ, I just went, oh, I went dark in my own head there before I said anything. Now, Jonathan, what would you do for a flamburger? Oh, that's going to be on a, a different website. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right so those are all our fan questions we want to thank all everyone for submitting their questions in this week we want to thank rob for answering them make sure you guys tune in next sunday no sorry no we're skipping next week we're taking a week off um I mean, I'll, I'll, I tell you after. I'll tell you after i gotta i gotta 
I gotta pause. When 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 we're done, we before we even hang up, just when we're done, we're kind of talking. Well, I'll tell you. Um, <laughs> I just thought it was so weird. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, next week we're taking a break. Uh, we'll be back. So uh, two weeks from now, you guys will uh, see a post up there about who our next guest will be. And uh, yeah, you make sure you guys are submit your questions, and uh, we'll let you guys know who it is when when the time comes. Um, but anyways, Rob, uh, we're not going to take up too much more of your time here. Uh, is there anyone you want to thank for getting you, you know, who's who's helped you throughout your career that you want to announce your sponsors, family, friends? Um, I don't get to do this in Victory Lane normal. I'm not used to this. Um, <laughs> Hopefully, you got a list. Logan Martin's been my crew chief since day one. Um, you know, I definitely couldn't have done it without him. He was there in the demolition derby days. Um, Tim Martin, his father, who helps us at Flamborough with the vintage. Um, Got to thank Adam Ross, Connor Ross, the Ross family for the opportunity um, and the headaches that come with it. Um, I got to thank Angie for putting up with those two boys so I get to deal <laughs> with them. Um, obviously, John Carley for the opportunity and what he's done for us. Um, and then we're going to thank, obviously, Burger Barn, Petrol Plus, uh, that Jomo Media guy, uh, Cal Tire, uh, and McClurkin Properties, Cambridge. Bob McClurkin's been longtime supporter of me racing all the way back when I ran the fireball car up till till now. Uh, definitely a great guy and a huge racing fan. He just he does it for the love of it, right? He's not one of those sponsors that really gets anything out of it. You know, he's one of those people you're gonna go rent a commercial property off him because you heard his name? Probably not. The man just loves racing and you know what I mean? I gotta respect that from him. Uh, so a huge thanks to him and uh, Mark, his uh, business partner. Um uh, my family for putting up with this crap. Uh, the Stenhouse family for putting up with my crap for all those years. And everybody that I've worked with and crewed with on all the team. <laughs> you, you've been there. You know what I'm like to work with. You've met Angry Rob before. Yep. I guess that's about it. All right. Well, Rob, we want to thank you for uh, joining us for episode 69 of the True North Racing Podcast. Um it was definitely fun having you on and man, we're going to have to bring you back on, but I don't know if we can wait another, we can wait a hundred episodes though, before bringing you back on. Cause you know, we, I feel like we can talk about this racing crap for a long time. Well, I think, you know what, after the, we'll do an episode together after you run um, the hacks car in a few weeks. stock. <laughs> maybe me and Cameron will both come on and critique your driving and, <laughs> It would be a reverse podcast because I'm just going to get roasted the entire hour, hour and a half. That's exactly what it's going to be. <laughs> we'll have video going in the background and just. And this clip right here, if we freeze the frame, that's where he ruined the fire suit. <laughs> oh, boy. Again, Rob, we want to thank you for joining us this week. It was a pleasure chatting with you. And uh, I guess we'll see you next week at the racetrack. See you then. All right. Bye now. All right, guys, I was driving the number 69 Cal Tire Machine from, well, he's from Cambridge, but he races at Oshwegan in the, man, I just messed that up. We, we had Mr. Not Connor Ross join us, but Rob <laughs> Twitchit. You know, that, that should just be his nickname. It's just Rob Not Connor Ross Twitch. Yeah. Like, oh, Jesus Christ. I'm being violent with my microphone over here. Uh, that should just be his, that should just be his name. That's what I think. Um, of course, we want to thank Rob for joining us this week. And it was, uh, you know, 
lots of great stories that guy has to tell. Mm-hmm. You know, great converse, you know, great conversations we had from top to bottom. Um, you know, but he said a lot of facts. You know, Oshwigan does things totally different against the grain and it works. Mm-hmm. They're getting three, four, five thousand people in those stands each week. They're getting 130 cars in the pits. They got a great production in G-Force. Like, they keep upgrading their stuff. And, you know, I'm so thankful that they can provide a free service where they they got their ads paying for them so that way we can watch the stuff for free. Mm-hmm. You know? And, the, man, I... I even even if they go to a payment process a payment plan, I still probably would sign up mm-hmm. because they I put would, on would they they put on some of the best racing they can. They you do, know? and it's quick too. Like with how many cars they have, and when there are incidents, like it gets dealt with quickly, safely, and the show keeps going. So a hundred percent. Like, was it this past weekend, even with uh, Meet the Drivers autograph mm-hmm. night and um, uh, Tristan De Silva's wreck, I think it's still capped out at three hours and 36 minutes, mm-hmm. roughly, I'm, I, I think. So from That's seven good. o'clock till 1030, like they do such a fantastic job. I... You know, I, 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 I'm, I'm jealous of them because, you know, that's, I'm not saying I want to strive to be live streaming races or anything like that, but, you know, they've put in the work, they've put in the time, they've put in the effort and look at what they got. Mm-hmm. A great product week in and week out. And, you know, we, like last week, we APC ref Flambro and, you know, you guys were all over at the house and next thing you know, you're like, oh, we're watching G-Force. I'm like, perfect. Like, <laughs> How's the race is going? Like, yeah. But the fact that it's so mobile that we don't even have to be at the track. Mm-hmm. But we all know it that if we could, we would be at the track. It, definitely, yeah. You know, it helps when people, yes, are a little too busy to be able to go watch, to be able to go watch racing and not have. It it may, it makes sense for them because then they can go watch racing without having to be at the track but we've had people who whose family aren't even in ontario and they're from alberta Mm -hmm. down in the states or out you know across the pond when we put up the videos for the cvms they're watching it they're like oh we you know we look forward to the vlogs each week because like and i'm just like man that's so cool like the fact that people are interested in watching it and they're not even from ontario they just want to watch to support what they're parent or their uncle or their whoever that we we said it rob said it 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 brings so much value to sponsors it does it really does you know and the fact that they also rattle off the sponsors so you know i i'm going to take two seconds here so you you go talk i'm going to take some uh look up something real quick yeah and i mean i noticed flambro's been doing that lately too like um announcing like uh sponsors and stuff and i think it's awesome like people pay to be on these cars and 
I mean, after talking to Rob and talking about Oshwegan's kids clubs, I'm kind of sitting there thinking and I'm like, hmm, I might have a conversation with Gary and Tim and see what I could do for Flanfro because I mean, that's, that's, that's what I do for work. I work with kids. I'm a toddler teacher. So like that's racing and kids is my expertise really. So like now I'm thinking, I'm like, I want to see what I could do see if I could work something out and start building up the next generation for Flambro because I mean I, I want to see Flambro soar again. So absolutely. You know, we all love Flambro. Mm-hmm. It gave me some good ideas. So to touch on uh what we we're talking about you know what we we're just talking about there. This past Friday night's um race at Oshwegan Speedway. 8,000 views. Wow. At this point in time, on July, the APC series race at Delaware on July 2nd, 21,000. And the Canadian Sprint Car Nationals on July 1st, 20,000 views up uh, at this point. And that's crazy because that's, are you looking at YouTube? Yes. Because they live stream it on Facebook too. So it's mm-hmm. like you get it on Facebook and YouTube. So like once you combine that, like they, they're getting good views. And I know there's been multiple times where I've not this year, cause I've just been busy, but in the years past, I've came home from work and I've been sitting there watching Oshwegan on G force. And I'm like, hmm, you know what? I'm just going to go. So it's like, yeah, you know, you, you get a view on G force and then I end up coming out and I'm sure there's more people that do it too. And it's just, it's, it's really good. I love G Force. Yeah. And I mean Adam and Clinton and like they all they do an incredible job. I mean, they keep it really entertaining and like I can't applaud them enough for the work that that entire facility does. It's oh, yeah. unreal. You know, that's what why do you think I I took a, you know, Friday at 4:30, I'm like kids aren't going off weekend. <laughs> like all because I was watching G-Force on, you know, Friday night racing. Mm-hmm. I would sit there. The kids would be falling asleep. I'd be just sitting there just watching G-Force. But again, it got me out of my seat, out of my, out of my comfy seat at home. And drive my ass on down to Oshawaikin Speedway and go check out the facility for myself. You know, and check out the racing. And guess what? We had a flip happen right in front of me. Holy. We had a sprint car flip right in front of us during their heat race. That was scary. Oh, it was, I didn't even catch it until the tail end, but it was such a slow roll too. It wasn't even like a fast roll or nothing, but still, I'm just like, it got me hooked. Mm-hmm. Like it got me hooked to come and watch. And, you know, unfortunately that was my only trip to Oshwegan until this year. Mm-hmm. And I've already been twice this year. Yeah. You know, it, and it does suck because I'm all the way over in Brampton. Yeah. So like my drive sucks to get there on a Friday. Mm-hmm. But there's also not gonna lie, we have taken the four four oh seven a few times. It just makes it a lot easier for us because it can dump mm-hmm. us out right in, you know, it, it dumps us out right in, you know, right over there. Yeah, exactly. Right in Hamilton and, and it takes us half the time. But you know, it's I think we can go on and talk about Oshwegan and, and what 
all these facilities do. But the one thing we got to remember is that we are, we got to be very thankful that we still have all these facilities, you know, exactly that we can still go race at, we can still go compete at, and there's still people putting, you know, we're putting their hard earned money in back into the sport or giving to giving it to the sport because that's in the end like, that's, we all love racing so much. We would rather be doing it professionally and doing it full time. But you know, <laughs> we have this weird concept of like, we need money. Mm-hmm. And so we got to still work. So like, and that's why like, and that's the one thing I want to try to almost like just defer from here. Like that's one of the reasons I, I want to do this podcast was because we have, everyone goes home. We all go back to our day jobs, mm-hmm. you know, tomorrow morning guess what i'm back at work i'm no longer the voice of joe media i'm no longer the voice of true north racing podcast even though i am because i still have to do stuff for it yeah but you know it's just like you guys megan you take that helmet off you go home you're no longer a race car i don't i'm not trying to but you're no longer a race car you're you're megan mitchell the ece teacher exactly but like that one night a week you put that helmet on you're you're a race car driver you're not Megan Mitchell, the ECE teacher. I'm no, and you know doing the voice and doing the stuff I do. I'm no longer John Morrison, the assembler. Mm-hmm. You know I'm Joe Media. You are a race car driver. And I think th- those are the titles we'd rather be called. Definitely yeah. throughout the week, but those aren't. But that's <sighs> just our reality. We're not in NASCAR, yeah. and we don't do it for like you know. You don't go out in public, and people are like. Oh my God! There's Megan Mitchell. Wow! There's John Morrison. Like it'd be so cool, but we're not. We're here. We're doing it for fun, and we have to be grateful for what we have. I mean, me personally, Flambro is the closest asphalt track to me, and I am forever grateful for what they do. Like without them, I wouldn't. I mean, I'd I'd probably convert to dirt, but I mean, asphalt is where my heart is, and. I'm thankful like that even though I have to work Monday through Friday come Saturday like that's just just happy yeah that they're there exactly so yeah you know before in closing you know we we got to thank tracks like Flamborough uh Brighton Oshwegan Merrittville Humberstone uh Sunset Sobble Varney uh grand ben uh delaware you know it without those tracks we who knows where you know we i'm sure a lot of us would still be going back to the old days where souping up cars and just race them on the street to find out who's the best mm-hmm. right or we you know for the dirt guys i'm sure they would find a corn or a cornfield to go tear up or something you know yeah but we'd still be out there racing somehow some way but you know, without facilities like that, at least we're not, we're not doing it on the streets. We're not, we're doing it in a place that really, uh, you know, really people who care about us and make sure we're still going home in one piece at the end of the night. Cause that's in the end, that's all that matters. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. We, I, I always love these things with us. Like, it's just, we get on a topic and you know we both love it and that's why we're here we we love talking about racing we love talking about 
the sport and you know I, i'm so thankful that I, i'm happy that you're gonna you take you're gonna take a couple ideas that rob said there and and talk to gary and tim and see what you can do to help out because that's what we need you know i mm-hmm. i would love to see somehow some way if we can get you know a cvm who's who may only run one practice get them over try get them drive around park the car as you know at six at you know at five o'clock or something and and park it there so that way people can come and see the cars mm-hmm. you know get get a couple people get a different couple cars like hey you're gonna only run you, you mind running only one practice tonight like da 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 you know it it'd be cool mm-hmm. you know it because to me, that's what really helps draws in the crowd. You know, and it we- does. And to me, it's the kids you really got to focus on. I mean, last night, my my four cut to four of my cousins, they're there every weekend with us watching. Three of my cousins, I don't think they've ever been out to watch us race. They're all under five, and all three of them, you know, they came over after we made up goodie bags for the kids and gave it to them, brought them over. They looked at the car. They were so excited to see my dad. And um, like the three of them that have never been there before, my aunt said, you know, they did not take their eyes off that track. They were in awe and they come over and they tell my dad, I'm going to be a race car driver too. I want to go fast too. And it's like, that's what we need to do. So I'm like, you know what? Like if I could talk to Gary and Tim round up, one or two teams from every division that runs regularly at Flamborough and do something similar, you know, start a kids club. Cause I mean, I know we have the, the bike giveaway and the kids ride night and, but it's like, I, I want to do they something. Do have a kids, kids, like they do have a kids club at Flamborough. I think. Do they? I haven't been over to the like grandstand side in so long. So I, I have no idea. You, you're going to have to, if anyone's listening, who knows, let let us know. Mm-hmm. Cause you know, I remember when I first started going, like they had, they did have a kids club. Um, yeah. it was run, I can't remember who it was run by, but it was run by a couple of people. Um, and they would do giveaways at the intermission or, you know, what, if they were doing something that week. Um, but yeah, the talk, talk to Gary and Tim, see, you see if there still is something like that. Mm-hmm. Cause you know, if, if there's not try and get some, get one started. It's like, I'm, I'm willing to donate and do, do what I can I mean I already went out today and bought a bike for next weekend because I mean nice. that was one of my fondest memories was winning a bike at Flamborough Speedway and we went down and we got this really sick bike it like looked like a dirt bike had the whole oh, body on ones. it everything so that's what I went out that's what I bought today is one of those bikes I'm like nice. I just that was my favorite memory I'm like I want to give it back to another kid so like see what i want to do every weekend something cool now this this is the thing this is the one thing i always say this is one one thing i think it should always happen the team that's giving the bike away a driver or representative of that team should be on the grandstand side when it Mm -hmm. happens so like if you know if you're being if you're doing on behalf of mrc racing get your butt over there so when that bike's given away it's you giving it away and it's like hi i'm mm-hmm. a part you know a part of mrc thank you yeah. for winning the bike and or something like that right yeah then it helps but, make it feels more personable it does and i mean that's the thing i'm thinking about changing out there's there's a number on the bike somewhere <laughs> i'm gonna switch it out i'm putting a 73 on there perfect like i'm i'm gonna 
put a couple t-shirts in there, put some goodie bags, hero cards, whatever. Like I want to yeah. make it huge for these kids. So it's like, I'm, I'm going to talk to Gary a little more. I've already talked to him a bit and see if I can do that. That's what I want to do is go over there and be there and, you know, just experience it all, especially while I'm like, I know it's, it's hard for the drivers, but it's like me being a driver, but taking time off. It's the perfect opportunity for me right now. So it's, absolutely. I'd love to. There we go. Let's, you know, let's get it up. Hopefully, you know, hopefully you're able to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so what do you say we get the show wrapped up here? Because um, yeah. <clears throat> you, you and I, we can talk for hours. Like, yeah, we could. <laughs> I'm afraid when we do our end of year episode, like we're not even gonna bring a guest on, we're just gonna talk back and <laughs> forth. And I feel like we're gonna be talking for like three to five hours. And in case you haven't listened to us talk enough this year, <laughs> yeah, I know we're gonna... <laughs> I, you know it's not even gonna be like a lot of it's gonna be about racing, but like, there's gonna be some random like life stories we're gonna throw in there. Yeah. It's just it's just gonna be all over the place, and you know, it's it's gonna be a lot of fun. I'm I'm looking it's forward to it. I am too. Um, Megan, where can they? So next week you're going to be back at Flamborough next week. Yes. Are you guys bringing the car back out? Is your dad running again, or what's the yeah. plan there? We're going to have the car back out next weekend. Um, it was supposed to be from here on out, just like a hit and miss kind mm-hmm. of thing. But I have a feeling the way it's going, it's going to be an every week thing again. An every weekend <laughs> deal, like obviously not running for points or anything, just going out to to be there again and have fun but we'll be there again this weekend with the car hopefully giving some rides out to some kids and can i go for a ride i want your dad to, i want your dad to take me out for a ride yeah i already i already <laughs> told my one cousin he's like i don't even know how old he is probably around my dad's age my dad's 65 and i told him i'm like get in line i'm like i was at one point 15 years old standing in line amongst a bunch of little kids waiting to get in get into a car to go for a ride <laughs> so like, there's no age limit really exactly I, I just mean, as I don't kids know personally but like they let me go so yeah why not Ex- hey um i'll be back at flamborough this week actually this week i'm doing a double duty wednesday i will be at solvable speedway for their dash for cash mm-hmm. race um so if anyone's gonna be up at solvable speedway i'll see you guys tomorrow <laughs> when you guys are hearing this um <laughs> I'm going up. I'm camping at uh, Sable Falls Tent Trailer Park. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, Jacqueline and I are camping out for the for the weekend or for the week. We'll be coming home Friday because, uh, of course, I'll be back at Flamborough Speedway next Saturday night for a kids' ride night, and uh, I'll be there with the Young Drivers Canadian Vision Modifieds. And I, I can say this: I'm I'm looking forward to a busy week like this and to see how it all plays out. Because next week, y'all ain't going to hear us. <laughs> We're uh we're not doing an episode next week. We're gonna take the week off. Uh, I'm I have my kids, and so I gotta I gotta play the fatherly role. Um, wow, that sounded bad. Uh, what? <laughs> when you say, when, I just realized, like when you say, like when you think about what I just said, and like I gotta play a fatherly role. Yeah, that just sound bad. That sounds bad. I'm, okay, no, no. Okay, I get what you said. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you, have, I, you have fatherly duties that you need to fulfill. Exactly, exactly. Like, you know, I got to take care of my from. kids. Exactly. So next week, guys, you guys will not be having a new episode of the True North Racing Podcast. We will be back on August 7th for a record. 
Oh, let me look. I think I'm just going to make that Megan the full-time right. scheduler. Sounds... <laughs> yeah, because yeah, so... it's 7th. And, It'll uh, be dropped on the 10th, 9th. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so make sure you guys are tuning in in two weeks from now when uh, we announce who will be our guest that week. We already have it lined up. Like We're not lining these guests up like a week or two in advance. We have these lined up like about a month, month and a half in advance. Mm-hmm. Um which I'm thankful for because, you know, it's, it's nice seeing that guys with the, you know, drivers and would like to come on. I'm, I'm going to reach out to a couple more people to see if they want to come on. Uh, I want to get a spotter. You ever heard of Jordan Buster? Yes, actually, you know what? I was thinking about that the other day because I'm like, actually last night I thought about it. Cause I'm like, I, I would like to try spotting for somebody like a friend. I'm like, but I wouldn't know what to do. I'm like, I'd love to hear from a spotter. See, see, this is one reason why I love spotting because I've done it in the past. You got to feed them information, but also you got to understand what they want to hear. Right. Because, you know, yeah, as much as it's, you know, door, bumper, clear, outside, inside, whatever, three wide, middle, whatever, right? You're still feeding them information because they're they're essentially controlling you Mm -hmm. without actually controlling you because they're telling you what you can't see. Right. So they got to paint a picture. So you know, maybe maybe we'll reach out to him, see if he'll he's see if he'll be willing to come on for an episode, because uh, he's a busy man. I've seen him on TikTok. I've seen him on Facebook, and it'd be cool to have that. Uh, it'd be cool to have that, you know, that other side of the industry. Yeah. You know, I would love to get a, a spotter. I would love to get a, a couple spotters on here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joe Chisholm as well. Joe Chisholm Jr. I think he'd be a good one to have. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you know, we're it's weird to say because I feel like we just started the show. Like, like we just feel it feels like we only started like 10 weeks, you know, a few like a month ago. Yeah. And like I was looking at it last month, and I'm like, holy crap, we're running through most of our guests already. You know, so if you're mm-hmm. a driver and you're listening and want to be a guest on the show, reach out to us, spotter, crew member, doesn't matter. We'll, we'll bring you on for an episode. We'll talk. Um, we're always, we're I mean, always open. There's more to race than just the drivers. Yeah. Too, so it'd be cool to hear insight from spotters, crew members, the tech guy. Oh, like, yeah, tech guys. We need anybody. to reach out to Glenn. I was just saying that Glenn's really, really cool to talk to. So we'll, we'll, need, we'll need to talk to him, see if he would like to come on for an episode. Um, but yeah. Guys, keep keep an eye out on social media for us to find out where we'll be. Um, Megan, let's finish us off here. Holy, I just lost my train. <laughs> oh no. Did it go off the tracks again? Yeah, it did. As always. Oh no. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Thank you guys for listening to episode number 69 of the True North Racing podcast. You can find us on Anchor, Spotify, Google apple yeah is it or um anchor apple google spotify and youtube and YouTube. that's right there it is now yeah, we're gonna get there <laughs> we're, we're getting there <laughs> from john morrison i'm megan mitchell and you are listening to the true notes racing podcast we'll see you guys next week bye now see you guys